0: Episode 126 I'm Forrest Hall I'm here with no one But this is Real Church Matters When we talk Real Church Matters Because Real Church Matters I'm so blessed to talk to you today Hopefully you are feeling just as blessed to listen Once again, thank you to each and every person that listens When you see me miss a Wednesday Or miss a um. Them on Wednesday typically. But when you see me miss an episode, continue to keep me in your prayers. You know, sometimes there's a lot going on, but I don't want to be one of those people, like Paul said, the, the young man was who had had fallen away because of the cares of this world. I know very much so that doing this podcast is not just a blessing for me, it's a blessing for others, and it is a call on my life. Um and we are called, and those calls are, um, are very, very, very apparent and clear. There's no question to them. Whenever people ask me, you know, uh, what they should do or how they should do it, I, I get concerned because ultimately we are called, and a call cannot be replaced with advice, Uh, You don't need a guidance counselor. You don't need a life coach. You need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But uh, anyway, housekeeping. RealChurchMatters.com. For those of you who've been looking on SoundCloud, we're moving away from SoundCloud. It's okay. Don't fret. Go to realchurchmatters.com You'll find uh, that it points to FM, Which is our new hosting place Which points you to Listen to it there Or you can subscribe on iTunes uh, Podcast from there Or you can f- listen on Spotify from there It's just a, It makes more sense Also thank you to those Who are sharing it Who are sharing it with their friends and family uh, I weird because It's hard to say you you care about people and and you don't really care about their spiritual selves. Um, Sometimes we tend to care about the people we can touch and feel, but that is only a part of a person. We want to care about the whole person. So you should send them things that build up their spirit. You should hold conversations that build up their spirit. The whole reason I'm doing this is to incite conversation, to incite conversation about the things that matter. People are very interested in holding conversations about Kanye, about uh, Trump, about global warming, about guns, about homosexuals. There are a lot of hot button issues, but none of them deal with the part of you that lives forever. They deal with temporary things. It won't always be here. If I'm not mistaken, Trump is 70 something. In 50 years, no one will be talking about him. In 50 years, no one will be talking about you Only what we do for Christ will last And so these podcasts are for that very reason So make sure you listen For those of you who give, I appreciate you You don't know how much you are allowing me to continue to do this It seems simple And because there's a lot of people doing podcasts Sometimes we tend to think that it's as easy as so easy a caveman can do it But ultimately, there's a lot of things that go into it being done properly and being done in a way that is accessible to as many people as possible. That takes money. I'm appreciative to those who give. You know who you are. I won't reward you openly so that you can get the blessing secretly from the person who gives the best blessings. That rounds up housekeeping. I just want to thank everybody once again. And remember, it's obedience over audience. That's why I do what I do. It's for you, but it's not for you at the same time. I know it makes sense. With that being said, let's get to it. Oh, I always forget. So this time last year, I did an awesome podcast with charity called Jesus After Dark Part 2. I would say that, you know, Jesus After Dark is, you know, a thing where you can you put your kids away and listen to it by yourself. But honestly, there was people in the theater watching The Joker with their little kids. And so uh, I realized that people aren't as particular about what they expose their children to. So you might as well expose them to the pure and unadulterated word of God. Jesus after dark is a little tongue in cheek. It's not really uh, naughty stuff, but it's uh, um, dealing with some of the things we think are naughty from a godly perspective. So they're not as naughty as they once were. Uh, Removing the naughtiness from things is what being redeemed is all about. We're not just redeem people, but everything that we touch should be redeemed. That includes sex and all of that stuff. And it takes more than uh, having prayer after or before sex to make the act a redeemed act. It takes a little more. So we talk about things like that. Never enough, though. I don't think I talk about sex enough. I think I will have a podcast that talks about it in great detail. I think I pepper it through all this stuff because it is a part of the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Um, and those are three topics that we always have to stamp out. But uh, I think I will dedicate something to it. Um, yeah, I speak from biblical perspective, not from the perspective of someone who hasn't truly engaged with it in a healthy way. My engagements with those things have been just like most people's. Uh, it's in this redeemed mind that I understand how to engage with it in a redeemed way. Um So yeah, we'll talk about that one day. So that's episode 87. Yeah, 87. That was last year. Two years ago was episode 37, Living Comprehension. It's one of my favorite podcasts. It's also one of my favorite terms that uh, God revealed to me. And uh, I, I tend to share it with a lot of people. We talk about living comprehension. Also talk about being living intolerant, just like being lactose intolerant. Those are two things that are very near and dear to my heart I think that they kind of contribute to what we like to put in the umbrella term of mental illness And so uh, I will go back and listen to those episodes Episode 37, episode 87 Let's get to it I'm seven minutes in So let's get to it Today we'll be talking about labor And how important labor is to the believer we have an opportunity. We have a true opportunity to do a work for God. In order for us to do this work, we have to understand the work. You don't go to your job and you just start getting right into it. No, even if you are skilled in that field, there's a way that that company works that you must understand and adhere to. And so not only are we New to the field that God is calling us to But we are new to the way he works In that And so it's important that we understand Number one, guys, if you're listening to me You're a laborer And if you're not laboring Then you're not actually a disciple Because disciples labor You're not a Christian Because Christians labor we know Christians labor because the scripture tells us that we are to take up our cross. And Jesus lets us know I didn't leave you just to walk around and say you're Christians. I left you with a great commission. Well, well let's get a little more into it, shall we? So in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 8, he's talking to these people and they're they're causing dissension and fussing and fighting because they are saying who was baptized by who. Say, I was baptized by Paul, or I was baptized by Apollos. And Paul is coming to kind of squash that and say, it don't matter who you were baptized by. What matters is that we all are doing a work He says in verse six, I planted Apollo's water, but God gave the increase. Verse seven, he says, so then neither is he that planteth anything. Neither is he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Everything we do in church should be about planting and watering. I have particular concerns and issues about things that we do in church because I don't think they plant or water. We have to make sure that whatever we do in the church or the house of God should be planting and watering towards the growth of God's increase in people's lives. God increases what we plant, God increases what we water. Nothing from nothing is nothing. God wants to increase, but if nothing has been deposited, what shall He increase? He left that job to you. He said, put in them that I might increase what you put in them. You teach somebody the word and God increases their understanding of it. You teach somebody how to serve and God increases their understanding of it so that they can serve in power. He increases their understanding. He increases their understanding. Their abilities. He increases everything about it so that it might do more than just produce a work in them, but produce a work in the people they are working on or with or working for. That's what God is trying to do. Think about it in your own church. Think about what you do for those of you who come to church and just stand there and never really engage. What are you doing that plants and waters? I know some of you may say, well, I don't do much in my church, but I do a lot outside the four walls. It is a grave mistake that a lot of people make because we talk about out of these four walls and we've attributed or connected ourselves to this vernacular and diminished the power of inside the four walls of the church. The people Connected themselves, believers, became one And in this family and community They grew in the faith So everybody's talking about how you're winning souls Or how you're exposing people to Christ A Christ that they need to increase in their life If they actually received anything But it's a Christ that they have to increase in their life That happens not out there It happens in the church When people disconnect themselves from church, they disconnect themselves from the plan God had for laborers to increase his work, for laborers to feed his sheep. That's what he called us to do. You can't just do one part. Salvation is one part. Sanctification is the other. There's two parts to this thing. God doesn't need you. To make somebody save He doesn't need you to bring somebody to church He needs you to plant and water Everybody has their part Into the process of that There's people who who teach in a way Where they help people who are new to Christ Gain an understanding There's other people who teach in a way To help people who already are in Christ Have a deeper understanding We all play a part in placing seeds in people That God increases We are farmers I want to take a second to try to focus on this Because there's a part that that some of us miss Is that we have a labor When you hear about God increasing something It's not a set it and forget it scripture Where you say, oh great I don't even have to worry about it Because God does increase No, Paul was saying that as a man who works his tail off He used to work his tail off for uh a misunderstanding of the scripture to kill Christians. Now he works his tail off to teach and preserve Christians and gain grow them in a better way. That's why he said, I want to talk to you guys with meat, but I got to still talk to you with milk because you're missing the vital parts. You are still babes in Christ. There are so many people who are stunning in their growth as Christians. Not only because they have not had people around them who have decided to labor, but they have not decided that they understand the purpose of growing in Christ is so they can labor as well. Trust me, I don't care what you went through. God is not handing out workman's comp. He expects every person they has called themselves to be one of his to get to work. That includes everybody. Young people too. Young people too. It's just at that point. We have to get to the point where we are really understanding we are here to be laborers. So he says in verse nine of 1 Corinthians chapter three for we are laborers together with God. Together with God, I'm a laborer with God. I labor with him. Everybody doesn't understand their full relationship with God. Part of our relationship with God is that we work together with him. Your relationship with God is not just you just singing songs to him. Your relationship with God Is not you raising your hands And saying hallelujah Your relationship with God Is a little deeper than that Those those times of worship and song They're so nice and they're great But that's not the whole of the relationship No more than as with as with spouses Your relationship is not just sexual There's a whole lot of other stuff That you have to do And some of it involves labor And it's better when you labor together Nothing tears up a Relationship more than people feeling like they laboring more than the other God expects you to work as hard as him He expects you to work together with him You're God's husbandry You are God's building What is husbandry? He's, He's talking about you are his vineyard You're his garden He expects you to not just Be a product of his work, but yield a fruit for others. You want to stand there and pose and say, look what God did to me. Yeah, he did that to you. That's great. But he did. Number one, he did not do it in his own hands. He did it using the hands of men. There are so many people who cultivated me. Surrogate hands of God. They cultivated me and grew me up in the faith. My mother, my pastor, my father, these people all played a part. Some of them might not think they played a part, but they don't realize the the half will be told in heaven. But I know they played a part in cultivating this thing. And then God came and gave it increase. They steered me in the right direction. It's like those little sapling trees. That we, uh, when you grow us, uh, uh, when you plant a tree and you watch them plant trees, they'll put these little fences on them, these little sticks to kind of support them to keep them straight. When we're young people, we need people in our lives to keep us straight. So as God increases, our growth is in a proper way. That's what people are in our lives. Because we belong to God. Yes. But people have a role to play in your life. Now, when you isolate yourself, and I know many a people, and and let me just say this. I know many a Christian man who isolates themselves, who does not connect in church, who does not see the purpose of them being involved in church in a great deal other than maybe showing up. And thinking that they're doing something, but honestly, we have to understand As believers, showing up to church is not the labor with and together with God that he is looking for from each one of us. And let me say this. As laborers, we have an obligation to understand that we have a role to play in every life that touches ours, not just the people you want to talk to. But every life that comes across yours, you should find a way, look for opportunity not to spout off a bunch of scriptures, not to tell people that they're going to go to hell, but to be available to God to show you how to plan in their life, which is unique and different to all. That's why I'm not a fan of formulas. I'm not a fan of tracks. I'm not a fan of uh Frequently asked questions and answers, prepared answers for issues and concepts and themes that the world may bombard us with. That's foolishness. That's foolishness. I don't need to have a prepared answer for how to combat back when, when people say that it's okay for homosexuals to be homosexuals. I don't need any of that stuff. It's so robotic. It's so devoid of, of God's love and power and His dynamic spirit that rests rules and abide in everyone who says they are a Christian. What God is looking for you to do is be that laborer who is looking for a place to plant and looking for a place to water. When I f- see the deepest, darkest holes in people's hearts, I see as an opportunity. To plant and water. And I do it. When God tells me and gives me opportunity to, I do it. There's times where he steals my hand and steals my heart and steals my mouth and tells me no more for this person. You've watered enough. There's the thing y'all got to understand. You don't water plants all the time. They drown in it. You don't. It's a time for everything. While we do water regularly, we do not water continually. We do not water continually. We do water regularly, but we do not water continually. You don't go overboard. I loved, I was watching this uh, Instagram, and this singer said, Hey, all you singers out there, riffs and runs are ornamental, not fundamental. And I love it because he's trying to teach singers how to sing. They will forsake melody for acrobatics or vocal acrobatics. So they're riffing and moving all around the scale, but they lose the fundamentals of the melody of that song. So before long, you don't know that they sing in Silent Night till they come back at some point to the melody. And you're like, oh, it's Silent Night. But you wouldn't know if you come in on the part where they're just dancing and going all crazy with their vocals. It's the same thing for believers. We have to stick to the simplicity and the melody of the gospel, which is just letting people know who God is, who his character is, how he loves. It's not so much getting into the. Quivels and the the, the debates About all of these hot button issues They can remain hot We are not here to chill them out We are here to share A fundamental truth That exuded every part Of Jesus Christ's life And should be permeating through ours That's just the way it is I've gone so far And I, I really haven't gotten to Any more scriptures Let me focus Verse 10 says According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I need all of us to understand that God has graced you to be a wise master builder. He did not grace you to continue sinning. He did not grace you to sit in the pew and watch. He did not grace you to sing and dance. He did not grace you to say, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And leave church and not be a wise master builder. This is permeating throughout the scriptures. We hear we read in Proverbs 31, he says, A righteous woman buildeth her household righteously. That's a wise master builder. There, there's a scripture where he says that the elder, to find an elder, we need to find one who knows how to manage his household, who's a wise master builder. What are you building? Are you mastering it? And have you used wisdom? I'm just reversing it. Just think about it. Once again, I'm asking you this question. Are you building? What are you building? Or have you mastered it? And are you wise in it? You got to ask yourself these questions. Some of y'all, if you ask yourself what you're building, you're not going to find yourself proud of what you've built. Look around you look at what you've made. Look at what you've done. Look at the people in your life. They are not the way they are just because they are the way they are. The time you've spent with them, you've built. So what have you built in them? Some of you have built resentment in people. Some of you have built anger in people. Some of you have built bitterness in people. Some of you have built discord in people. Some of you have built uh, frustration in people. Some of you have built an apathy for God in people. They hate God because of you. They don't want nothing to do with God because of you. You've built strongholds. You're not a master builder. You've built resistance to God. You've built a intolerance for his word. You haven't built a sensitivity to his move. Uh, in power, in spirit. You haven't built that in people. Let's be honest. There's more people who are concerned about me in very small, insignificant ways. How you doing? Haven't heard from you. Listen, I want you to take that amount of care. That you have that ain't much. I want you to take that and I want you to multiply it times a thousand. And I want you to care about the people that are right around you, that are right in your face, that are dying because they're hurting, that are lonely because they are at they have an absence not of people, but an absence of the spirit that you could really develop in their life. That they, they're people that you sleep beside. Come on, guys. I had to be careful because I talk to people and I interact with people, but I don't want to be people's pleasant distraction from the work. I don't want to spend so much time talking with people that they don't spend no time talking with the people they need to talk to to help them grow because they're supposed to be the master builders in their lives. People who are ready to build, but are still sitting and listening to me. Trying to use me as a welcome distraction and an an opportunity to get away from the work they know they have to do. More pastors and ministers need to call people on their stuff too. We keep saying, oh, the church is filled with people who don't want to be bothered. It's filled with people who are apathetic to the scripture. We built this place. When you look at the church and say, this is, the, this is the house that Jack built. You are right. This is the house of foolishness. And guess who built it? Houses don't appear out of nowhere. We've been ignorant. Amateur builders. Not wise master builders. Not wise master builders. We've been ignorant. Unskilled. Builders And look at the mess we've made I wish I had my brother on this podcast Because he does so much With home improvement and stuff he, he knows what it's like To be unskilled He knows what it's like to, be fr- to, to deal with the frustration Of trying to do something And maybe not being as aware As you should be And missing a part I'm one of those people, I'm going to tell you, I'm one of those people I have, I have to be hard on myself. And so I'm hard on y'all too. I'm going to tell you, the scriptures tell me that a sanctified wife sanctifies her husband. That's a wise master builder. You've been with this person for so long and they've never built a, a sensitivity to the spirit of God. I don't think you're a wise master builder. You've been with this woman for so long. And she hasn't developed in her faith. She hasn't grown in her understanding of God. I don't think you're a wise master builder. I think you're an entitled, selfish person who wants somebody to look like you do. And somebody to do what you do. And somebody to say what you say. And you'll be happy. But I don't think you understand that you're a laborer. A wise master builder. Look at this. Look, I want you to look at this. He's boasting in himself. He said, I'm a wise master builder. Why are you a wise master builder, Paul? It's because I have laid the foundation. You look in your children's life. How's their foundation? I was sitting around a bunch of kids and they they asked them, what did they learn today in church? And they were talking about the rapture and they were so intrigued with it. And I, I told they started to, you know, have a conversation about it. And I, I was just enjoying listening to them, even though they started talking about crazy stuff. They were pontificating on what it could all mean and what's going to happen, the mark of the beast. They were just going to all this stuff, and, and it's interesting and, and it was a little entertaining. But I realized it. There's an inquisitiveness and there's a level of intrigue that they have about the things of God. That I know that because of the world we live in and because they're not all living with wise master builders, this desire and interest and intrigue will die because that foundation will not be built upon. There's a foundation there. He said, I just laid a foundation. He said another will build thereon." Parents, we're not asking you to do much with your children. We're just asking you to lay the foundation. The church ain't asking you to save your husband. The church ain't asking you to to change his life. The church is asking you to create a foundation in the household. Put a foundation in his life. It's not okay that you got a foundation and he don't. When y'all won, that's a, a half built house. That's not love. That's not love. That's not love. I'm telling you, I'm 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 gonna do a podcast called Holy Matrimony very soon, very soon. I'm still studying it right now. I share a little bit here and there, but I'm studying it. I'm digging in it. I, I gotta get to the point where I want my whole life to just be availed to the truth. I want to die and people talk about. Only what I did for Christ. I don't, I don't care what people think about me beyond that. And you shouldn't either. I am both, I want to be able to boast that I'm a wise master builder, not a person who stands in front of church and talk, but a person who is building a foundation in people's lives so that somebody else can build their own. And maybe somebody else already built the foundation and I come and build their own, but I need to build. That's the point of it," he says. "But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Y'all gotta be careful. You you keep bringing people back to church, pastor. I need you to talk to my son. The pastor already laid the foundation in your son. You need to heed how you build thereon. You need to heed how you build thereon. I got a bunch of nieces and nephews. I have shared the scriptures. I have built the foundation in their life. But I pray every night that their parents don't mess up the foundation. By being absent-minded. By being ignorant, unskilled builders. Yeah, they my siblings and I love them. I got six of them bad boys. Eight if you count. You know, nine, if you count some of the other ones who have become as close as sisters. But I pray that they do the things they need to do. The church is not the shoe repairman, the church is not the TV repairman. You, we've laid a foundation in your child life. You, being absent minded, ignorant, unskilled builders, tear it up. Blame it on the child and the world And then bring it back to the church Say fix it It's not good It really isn't And I realized like I was like man You know Some of these things I can't really have a person on with me Some of these things I really just need to talk And be able to share the, the truth Sometimes when And I, I love everybody That's ever come on I honestly do. But sometimes, I'm going to tell you, God just wants to speak. God just wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to you in this in this format too. And sometimes, if the person not in the same spiritual wavelength as me, they might not catch on to what I'm doing and start reading it and hearing things that I ain't really saying. And then they respond in ways that ain't really building on the foundation I'm laying and that's a, that's a it's a tricky thing. It's a scary thing with podcasts because I want to have conversations. But, you know, some of these things, I got to get this word out. I can't be, be playing, you know, verbal gymnastics with people trying to make sure they on the same page. I got to just get this word out. I got to just get that word out. Take heed how we build there. On. I need you to take heed. I need you to be careful. Be careful what you are putting in your household. Be careful what you're letting in. You have to build a foundation. It has to be solid. He says, for other foundation can no man lay, than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. This is the part of the problem. The foundation must be Jesus Christ. It must be the scriptures. It must be the mind of Christ. It must be the character of Christ. It must be the spirit. Lay that. He says, now, if any man come build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. He says, y'all build on all of that stuff. He says, but make sure that it's built on the foundation of Christ. The foundation of Christ, what he's basically saying is we all we all going to look different. We all not going to be the same. We all not going to make the, the the same impact. We all going to be a different way. But one thing about it, no matter who we are and what we do, we need to make sure that the foundation is laid with Jesus Christ. Not with a bunch of foolishness, not with a bunch of Uh, Other stuff It's just Look at verse 13 Verse 13 says it clear Every man's work Shall be made manifest Because a lot of people They'll tell you You know My work is good Because talk is cheap though Your work will be made manifest For the day shall declare it Because it shall be revealed by fire And the fire shall try Every man's work of What sort it is And I'm going to tell you Not just the fire of, Of when it is time for us to be held in judgment. But the fire of trials, everybody's talking and feeling some type of way. Everybody's saying that they're doing this, that and the other. When hard times come, when the fires come, it reveals the workmanship. When the hard times come, when the fiery trials come, it reveals the workmanship. I I spend a lot of time talking with people. I spend a lot of time so called impacting people's lives. And then when I see the fire of life hit their life, I see my workmanship. I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I can do better. Until I see people go through trials go through hard times victoriously, I can do better. Y'all can sit and pat yourself on the back and excuse yourself and say, well, you can't make people live, right? And you can't do this and you can't do that. I hope that make y'all sleep at night. I hope it make you feel better, but it don't make me feel better. Don't make me feel better. The work will be made manifest and what it, what it becomes manifest in their life I want to make sure that I've done my part. I want to make sure I've done my part. Can we we talk about a few other scriptures before we get out of here? I don't want to hold you. Just just 45 minutes to an hour. it It ain't that deep. Ecclesiastes 12 and 11 says, The words of the wise are as goads and as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies which are given from one shepherd. So he says, the words of the wise are like these spikes or rods. They they these, these be people building the framework or the foundation of something. I love this scripture. Ecclesiastes 12 and 11, the words of the wise are goats. While y'all keep saying your talk is cheap It's because you're not wise Because the words of the wise Are as goads in people's lives And as nails fastened by the masters of assemblies Master wise Master builders Wise master builders Which are given from one shepherd The shepherd is the one is He's the one doing all of this He just uses us It's his words his words You want to be seen as wise But you're using your words That's why I say You got to be looking for opportunity Looking for moments Looking for God's voice To lead and guide you To say and speak Some of you saying God didn't lead me But your mind is not set On the things above He ain't going to lead you You's too busy thinking In the flesh God's Spirit is not going to interrupt your broadcast You need to tune in to Him That's so good I'm (laughs) going to say it again God is not going to interrupt your broadcast You need to tune in to Him Get on His station Get on His channel then you'll hear his words and those wise words will be setting the foundation and the nails that fasten. And this, this is the framework, the foundation that God will build upon using other people. Oh, yeah, there's some good stuff. Proverbs eleven fourteen says where no counsel is, the people fall. While you are looking at your household and you say, my household is falling apart. You have no counsel. You give no counsel and you get no counsel. My relationship is falling apart. You give no counsel. You get no counsel. When you hear people talk about their spouses, you, they almost talk as if they're sleeping with the enemy. When they don't realize that the enemy is them and that poor person needs counsel and you ain't got nothing for them but complaining. You complain. You do not counsel. You fuss. You do not counsel. You argue. You do not counsel. Even when you nice. You talking from your flesh. You do not counsel. And so since you don't, people fall. They not falling because it's their fault. They are falling because it's our fault as believers. See, if people hung around bad company, the scripture tells you bad company corrupts good character. But people are married to you and you say you a Christian and they fall. It's because you don't have nothing for them but counsel. You don't have nothing for them, but foolishness. I meant to say that. You don't have counsel for them. If you have counsel for them, they won't fall. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. We're concerned about our young people, but yet we don't counsel them. They go to school, they hear other people They are surrounded by the multitude of foolishness. Those people are constantly speaking. They're constantly teaching and feeding. But the counselors, they don't. Number one, there's not a multitude of them. And they don't surround people. Your household should be filled with counsel. It seems like everybody's just trying to get to the next good time. When's the next time we get a good belly laugh? When the next time we get a good having fun moment, why can't I just have fun with you? I don't want to have fun with people. Because I'm going to tell you why it's not fun. It's not fun because the whole time I'm joking and laughing with you, I'm very aware that you are falling. And it's hard for me to forget that you're falling for folly. It's hard for me to forget that you're falling so that I can have a cool time with you. It's very hard. It's very hard. It's very hard to see people still working out such dysfunction in their life and they're failing themselves. They're failing others. It's hard for them to deal with these realities. So they just want a good time. But they don't need a good time. They need counsel. They need counsel. You know, I have realized there's people who hear me talk and I haven't seen them apply anything that I've said. I've seen them just take it and do whatever. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. So I want to make sure that it's not me. And so I'm reading this stuff and I'm studying it because I want to make sure that I'm sharing counsel. I'm giving good counsel that produces a good fruit in people's lives. Not people playing games. And falling And people in their lives Don't even care they're falling I, I had a sister uh, uh, A sister in the church and She's struggling with, with her mind And and you know she, It's not a cold red to people it's like, oh, that's just her. I wouldn't talk to people that are connected with her, who are closer to her with her, with her than I am. And it is just, like, oh, that's just her being her. We are so okay. We are so desensitized with people falling that we don't even part our mouths for counsel. We don't even pray and seek God. I, I, I see people. You spend so much time praying. Did your spouse do what you think they should do? You don't sit up, spend no time praying, saying, God, give me the words to counsel them. Give me the words to say. Nothing makes women smile more than when a pastor at a church says, you don't have to do nothing but pray for your husband. Because it's the most awesome thing to them. So what they do, they don't commit themselves to open their mouths to their husbands. They just get in their room and hide from them and pray and pray the most benign, uninteresting connection to no part of this person and disavow all responsibility to their life. When they married them and looked them in the eye and committed before God that they be a help me. And really thought they was helping By doing everything but counsel Proverbs 15 and 22 I want the people in my life to be safe It's just just me I want these young men in my life to be safe I want these young women in my life to be safe So I want to open my mouth and give them counsel I want to have something that gives them counsel I don't want to play with people I don't want to say a bunch of uh, all over the place stuff. I want to give them counsel. Proverbs fifteen twenty-two. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Ah oh my gosh. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Actually, you know what? Hmm. Without counsel. Purposes are disappointed. I'ma say it again. Without counsel, purposes are disappointed. Why did two people stand together and get married? It was for a purpose. That purpose was all, all in their vows. These vows are disappointed because there's no counsel. Husband and wives don't come to church. They they, they don't come to church and seek to understand God so they can give something of God to one another. And so the purpose that they stood and committed to themselves is disappointed. God purposed that man be man and woman be woman. The purpose is disappointed because there's no counsel. You know, people have right when they say, The reason there's so many homosexuals because there's no men in the home. That's not true. That's not true. The reason there's so many homosexuals is because there's no God in the home and there's no God in the home because there's no wise master builders in the home. And I promise you, a woman Wise Master Builder could produce a man of God, just like a man Wise Master Builder can. It's not the gender. It's the absence of, Of God It's not the gender It's the absence of God It's the absence of qualified Skilled laborers I had two young people today Working with me And shout out to them I ain't gonna say their names But one is 20 The other is 18 And I I said to the 18 year old I said hey when we go in here I want you to work in a way where no one asks you, hey, is that your intern? Hey, is that your student? I want you to work in a way where they can't tell who's the boss. And when I said this to him, he laughed. He said, all right, all right, all right. And we got into this shoot, and I'm working with him. And the first thing, and he can testify to this, if he listens to the podcast, he Probably doesn't. I keep telling them to, but it is what it is. The first thing that came out the client's mouth as he was watching me interact and the young man asked questions for things that I already told him and have to repeat things to him. He said, hey, is that your student? I said, I said, hey, buddy, uh, did you hear what? uh, The client just said, and I asked the client to repeat, he said, are you a student? Are you uh, learning from Mr. Hall? And he said, yes, I am. And I I explained to the client why I was laughing. And I said, I want them to, to not be able to tell us apart. I want them to work so good that you can't tell whether I'm the boss or he's the boss or she's the boss. I want them to be surprised at who's the boss. Because we're all working together With a determined purpose And and he was so excited about that notion He said, man, I'm going to steal that Because it really has to get to that point You can tell a person is unskilled You can tell that they're lacking You can tell that they are missing something By interacting with them And I want... Us to be skilled laborers Skilled laborers so that when we are interacting with people Their purpose is not disappointed God purposed in us to be men and women of God I don't want that purpose disappointed God purposed a certain destiny in your life I don't want that to be disappointed because you don't have no counsel I don't want that to be disappointed because you go to a church that does not provide you with good counsel. Did you surround yourself with people who do not open their mouths to have good counsel? Some people, they like, you know, you're you're very to yourself. I'm to myself because I'm not around. It's hard to find good counsel. I thank God for my parents. If it wasn't for my parents and the counsel that they provide to me. I would be lonely You know The Scripture says It's not good for man To be alone I would be lonely If I had not Good counsel Until I find Until God Presents to me And opens my eyes To a wife Who would only be A help me Because she Provides good counsel Until he Positions a woman In that way And I know that character That's the That's the thing I'm looking at character. I'm not looking at women who are just a caricature of other women they sing. I'm looking for character. A character that has good counsel. If I don't see a wise master builder, I will not connect myself to it. I've made that mistake in the past. Even in business, I only want to deal with young people. Because I want to deal with people who if I can't find wise master builders, I'd rather deal with people who allow me to build in a mastered way in their life, using the wisdom God graced me with. All these adults, they think they know what they're doing and think they're wise and think they know what they're building. We can clearly see your work. And if you are uh, confused about your work, set fire to it. Set fire to it. Watch what it produces. I'm going to stop right here. Episode 126. Episode 126. I don't know what I'm going to call this. I don't know what I'm going to call this. (sighs) Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to call this. But I do know this. I got some more for you. Be on the lookout for episode 127. Y'all be blessed. I'm gone.